Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Education Today podcast. My name is Dr. Jerry Burkett. I'm the Assistant Dean for the School of Education here at the University of North Texas at Dallas, here in the School of Education. Um, the Education Today podcast is designed to be a podcast that talks about education issues in the state of Texas. We also look at national issues, but we want to look at trends in education. We like to look at education policy. And uh, we like to just uh, give teachers, students, parents, principals, anyone in education information about what's going on in the education world today. So we thank you for being with us. Uh, this has been exciting for us to produce these podcasts and, and try to help folks out here in the Texas and North Texas area uh, here at UNT Dallas. Uh, we're a growing school. Our School of Education is doing some amazing things, some great partnerships, and so this is a great time to be a part of the UNT Dallas family and the School of Ed. So we thank you for being with us. I want to talk about something today that has been on my mind for a while, um, but the, the reality is, it, uh, is that um, this week uh, has been a tough week for a lot of educators across the state of Texas. Uh, because it's the annual standardized testing, STAR testing week. And um, look, Texas is no stranger to testing. Uh, we've been testing for uh, almost 40 years to try to get an idea of how students are performing in Texas classrooms across the state. But since No Child Left Behind, um, the high stakes testing uh, and standardized testing um, in the state of Texas has, has significantly increased and, and we have implemented tests as early as third grade all the way through high school in a variety of subject areas. And so, like I said, Texas is no stranger to testing um, and we've been doing it for a while. Uh, but what I want to do today is I, I have a few audiences I'd like to talk to about testing. Uh, and since we've been starting it this week and it's been fresh on everyone's minds who's in some sort of K-12 school environment, I want to make sure that I'm talking to some different audiences here about standardized testing and, and what's going on in the standardized testing world. Um, and so let me just start with um, the first big group. I'm going to work uh, and from the top down, I think is the best way to approach this because I think I have a lot to say to a lot of folks and I want to add some perspective on testing that people may or may not know about. So let's start with this. Let's start with the Texas Education Agency. The Texas Education Agency is the agency that manages all the uh, Texas education code for the, for the state. They also distribute funding, uh, but they're also the chief agency that is responsible for uh, testing. And um, what's curious about TEA is that they implement the policy of testing and then they expect school districts and schools to follow their policy up to and involving um, test security, uh, managing the test, how they should be uh, disseminated to students, um, and, and it's quite significant. Uh, the security that TEA asks schools to put into place is, is really, really phenomenal, uh, which I'll talk about in a moment. But what I want to make sure that I talk to TEA about is I want to, I want to stress the importance of two major studies that have recently come out. Uh, one that came out in 2012, which is a few years ago, but one that came out in 2016. And both of these studies are similar um, as they talked about and looked at specifically the readability of these tests. Now, what does readability mean? Well, readability is, is the ability for a student to read a passage at their grade level. So that's readability. So if you are a fifth grader, 
you have to be able to assume that the test that they're reading is on a fifth grade level. Okay, same is true with seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, whatever grade you're in, you should be able to read the test at your grade level. Well, Susan Sabo, Becky Sinclair, two researchers, uh, their, uh, their journal article was Star Reading Passages, the Readability is Too High, and they published this in Schooling in 2012. And here's what they found, very interesting here. Fourth grade and seventh grade reading passages had the most on your own questions and all reading passages except eighth grade were up to two grade levels too high. Now I want to break this down. There's two things here I want to break down. One, the on your own questions and two, the grade levels too high. So all reading passages except eighth grade were two grade levels too high. So that means if I'm a fourth grader and I may not already read on a fourth grade level, but I'm taking a fourth grade level test. The reading passages that I just read were likely on a sixth grade level. That is not appropriate. That is highly inappropriate. Um, and then we just eliminate eighth grade. Did we just, that one's okay. All the eighth graders should be able to read the same on that one. Um, so that's the first part. We have students taking tests that are two grade levels above their grade level not taking into account students who may not be on grade level, um, students who are English language learners and bilingual, who already struggle with the language trying to learn it, and now they're taking a test that's up to two grade levels too high, that is not appropriate. TEA should have done a better job vetting these tests. They should have done a better job looking to make sure that these were on grade level, and they should have done a better job with the questions, and that's the second part of their research. Passages had most on your own questions, which what that means is, is that even if I read the passage, and I understand what it's asking me, whatever the content, and then I go to answer the question. Most of the questions on that particular test were based upon the student's prior knowledge. It had nothing to do with what they were actually reading. It had to do with what they may or may not have known before they even walked into the room also inappropriate. We, we talk a lot about cultural bias in tests. We talk a lot about how tests should be written so students will understand them. Um, and for example, you know, taking uh, uh, summer day field trips out in the country and, and, and making students answer questions about things related to that. Uh, urban students don't do those kinds of things. So that is not a culturally responsive sort of question. But to ask a student to answer questions exclusively from their prior knowledge that they may or may not have, how is that even an appropriate assessment to EA? It's not. It's not, especially on a reading test. Now, another study, Michael Lopez, Jody Pilgrim, wrote also a study, Text Complexity, Complexity a study of star readability. And this one came out just a couple of years ago, 2016. Their study was a little more robust. What they did was, is they took reading passages from STAR tests 2013 and 2015 using um, text analysis software. So they went through and looked at, looked, at the, um, looked at the reading passages, and they took these tools that analyzed the reading difficulty of the test. And they used six different reading inventory tools that determine reading level. And these are things that researchers use, school districts use to determine where students are on their reading level. They found in some cases 
these tests, one to three grade levels above the current grade level. Meaning, again, I'm that fifth grader taking a fifth grade reading test, and between 2013 and 2015, it's likely the reading passage was on an eighth grade level. Not impossible. In 2015, fourth and fifth grade tests measured in the range for eighth and ninth grade. You have fifth graders reading passages meant for high schoolers. Now, again, those two studies are similar. Um, TEA knew this. They were aware of this. This is not something that they just decided to print off. You know, the testing companies that they worked with to build these tests, to build these assessments, were supposed to be on standards, but the reading passages are too high. We have now research that confirms that the reading passages were too high. And so TEA pushes these tests out, knowing this, not adjusting appropriately, and um, creating a, a testing environment for a student that they more than likely are going to struggle with naturally because they don't read on that grade level. Let's also point out that the state of Texas has spent about $1.5 billion on testing in the past 20 years. So this is something that we're paying for as taxpayers. We're paying for tests that are not on grade level. That's what we're paying for. Um, plus the amount of money that is spent on training, testing supplies, um, those buckets that school districts have to buy that the tests are placed in so that they can manage the security and transport it from the testing room to the classroom, or just money that's invested in tutoring, which may or may not have made a difference based on this research, Saturday school, or, or other things. And so there's a lot of money invested in testing. So, so TEA, you're, you're first on my list. I'm very disappointed in the fact that we now have researchers who are measuring readability of star tests and finding out that they're not appropriate for students. Well, now I want to talk to educational leaders because it's easy to make TEA a scapegoat in all of this, and they're not. Um, yes, TEA places testing security on schools. They require, you know, they make teachers sign away a waiver that their certificates will be pulled if they repeat any portion of the test. Uh, they were even measuring how many times a student would go to the bathroom during the course of the test. There's a lot of things that TEA asks schools to do. Uh, related to test security and managing the test and make sure that everything is fine and, and, and they don't break any rules. But educational leaders, you, you, have, you have a role in this too. And I'm talking specifically now to superintendents, uh, district leaders, district directors, executive directors, associate assistant superintendents, and I'm talking about principals. And, and, and here's the thing, I, I don't actually blame high stakes testing or at least the high stakes testing environment entirely on TEA. Yes, Testing is tied to accountability and school ratings, and that's a part of it. And yes, we have to make sure that our schools are performing. And so testing is used for that. So as TEA creates testing security protocols, here's what they don't ask. They don't ask schools to shut down recess so that we can take a test today. They don't ask schools to eliminate art, PE, music, or other specials so that we can take a test today. They, they don't ask schools to do that. 
They also don't ask, and this was a real story that came to me earlier this week, teachers to perch in a spot while walking around monitoring a test and not able to sit down and even rest during what could be up to a four-hour exam. The stress of high-stakes testing is the responsibility of school districts and of schools. The expectation placed on teachers to manage a testing environment and shut down a building for a test is inappropriate. What we're finding is, is that a lot of schools are actually shutting down instruction in February so they can start tutoring, Saturday school, all of this STAR-related testing environment kind of stuff, and it sucks the learning out of the school building because we have to get kids ready for the test. We have to drill and kill. We have to buy these supplemental curriculums and, and these tutoring materials so that we can get students involved and prepared for a test. Yes, some fifth graders, eighth graders, end of course test takers have to take that test and they have to use it and they have to pass it and I blame the state legislature for that. But the high stakes testing environment was created by administrators. Administrators who are stressed out about accountability ratings and don't put the trust in teachers to teach the standards and teach the curriculum that they were given. Here's the other thing TEA doesn't ask school districts to do. They don't ask them to push out standardized district created test every three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks to measure student progress. Yes, I believe in data-driven instruction. We talk about it here at the university, but this is not the way to do it. We are over-testing our kids. We are creating a stressful environment, an anxiety-driven environment that is rooted in performance on an exam that may or may not be even connected to the school's curriculum. And that's another thing. Not all schools' curriculums are the same. Some school districts write their own curriculums. Some school districts buy a state-driven curriculum like C-Scope or the old C-Scope. So this high-stakes environment it wasn't created by TEA. TEA created testing security and they pushed that down. But the high-stakes environment, I placed that blame on superintendents and principals and administrators. All right, next group, teachers. You're not innocent in this either. Yes, I want to support teachers. I believe teachers need more funding, more resources, more professional development. They need more support. Heck, we actually need more teachers. But I think teachers drive the drill and kill environment. Why are we shutting down instruction in February? We don't need to do that. Continue to teach your curriculum. Continue to plan your lessons the way that you see fit. Here's the important thing I want teachers to take from this conversation on testing. At any point in time, when are teachers gonna stand up and say, we're not doing this anymore? When are teachers gonna stand up and say, it's not right for me to have to arrive at school at 6 a.m. to prepare for a testing day, stand on my feet all day, lose a lunch, lose time with students, and then have to stay till five, six, seven o'clock at night to either tutor students, do after-school activities or whatever, all in the name of testing. It's time for teachers to take their classrooms back. What I tell teachers all the time is that you are a degreed, educated, certified professional. You can't teach in the state of Texas without having that certification. 
and you worked very hard for it. You spent money on it. You study for it. And then just to go into a school to be a tester, to give a standardized test that you don't create, an assessment that doesn't belong to you, that's tied to standards that you obviously have no control over because we now have proof from research that the reading levels are too high. It's time for teachers to take their classrooms back. No, I don't want teachers spending a month on the Roman Empire. We don't need to get back to that. But we need to put the belief back into teachers to manage their curriculums, work together as teams, and produce the instruction that they know how to produce. And put that trust back in teachers again. And principals, you need to be working with your folks. You need to be working with your teachers, training them up. You're the instructional leader on this campus. You should be managing it. And you should not be managing it through fear and anxiety, and teachers shouldn't be doing it either. I've heard stories of teachers offering money to students to pass the STAR test. Well, that's illegal, but it's an example of the kind of anxiety that teachers have and the lack of control that they have over their classrooms anymore. And it's inappropriate. And it actually goes beyond testing, but since I'm only talking about testing, I want to make sure that teachers understand that you're complicit in this too. Drill and kill does not work. And trust in yourself to take back your curriculum, take back your instruction. You have the tools, you have the talent, you should be able to do that. Now, teaching is a hard profession. It is a difficult profession. But it can be fun and rewarding when it's done right. Small group instruction, purposeful talk, graphic organizers, thematic units, project-based learning. You continue to do those things and students will thrive. The next group I want to talk about are students. I was an elementary principal in my career before I moved to higher ed and, and yeah, I was one of these principals that had to oversee standardized testing. I had to oversee it for a variety of students from special ed to 504 students, those who have disabilities to, uh, to um, regular students who don't have accommodations. But when students are in this testing environment that is driven by high stakes, anxiety, accountability, all of these things that I call adult issues, it falls upon the students to perform. And what we've seen in schools, and I'm guilty of this, I, I did it as a principal, these star pep rallies, motivating students to do their best, doing early morning breakfasts with kids so they make sure that they have enough energy to go in and take a test, hyping them up, doing the best we can to get them motivated and ready for a four-hour exam at the age of nine. I've watched students break down and pee themselves before a test because of the anxiety and the stress that falls upon them because they don't know what the future holds if they don't pass this test that's probably two grade levels above their reading level. The stress of a student who needs to pass the fifth grade reading test to get out of fifth grade and they end up taking the test three times. Largely because maybe the teacher wasn't very good or the teacher stopped teaching in February to focus on um, star prep. And then the student loses the love of learning. The student loses the love of being in that classroom. The student loses the love of being at a school. Well, what's the point? 
I'm going to go to school until February. I'm going to do great. I'm going to learn some things. And then all of a sudden, we're going to shut everything down so we can focus on a star test. Why, why are we going to school? What's the point? So I can drill and kill every single day? And then when it gets to the point where I have to sit down and take a test, I'm so stressed out about it that I can't perform and I pee myself? Or maybe I don't come to school. Or maybe I don't want to come to school because I'm not really learning anything. What I've learned as a student is how to take a test. And that's not education. And that's not appropriate either. And unfortunately, in all of this, all of these adult problems created by standardized testing, students can't say anything about it. They can't speak up. They can't really do anything. And what's really sad is that, I'm sorry, star test, it doesn't matter. The tests that really matter to students, I don't even know that we're preparing them for anymore. ACT tests, SAT tests, advanced placement tests, those are the kinds of things that actually matter. Earning college credit, getting into college. We're not doing enough to prepare our students for the kinds of tests that are really going to matter to them. We're spending our time preparing them for something that creates a number, it creates data that schools may not even use. What I don't like about STAR is that it is the kind of assessment that's punitive to a child. It's a punitive assessment. It says to a student, if you don't pass this, you're not good enough for the next grade level. Or if you don't exceed expectations, then maybe you're not the GT student we thought you were. It creates a leveling anxiety in children that's no different than being in a car accident. The human body and the human brain responds to fear the exact same way. If you're afraid of a test, your body pumps out adrenaline and it responds. That's why a student peed himself. He peed himself because the brain interprets the level of fear and anxiety of taking that test as if he were being chased by a lion. It's the exact same response. It's a human response. And that's the kind of response that students are having to a test that's likely two grade levels above their reading level. So I want to defend the students in this because they don't have a voice. They have to do what schools expect them to do. The last group I want to talk to are parents. Now I'm speaking as a parent. Parents are also taxpayers. And as I said earlier, $1.5 billion of your money has been spent on testing in the past 20 years. Parents trust educators to do the right thing. You send your kids to school and you kind of want to forget about it because you got your own things going on. You've got work and bills and responsibilities and traffic and, and the things that adults have to deal with on a daily basis. And school is probably not your thing. It's not supposed to be. You, you, you send your kid to school and you expect the school to do what it's supposed to do. Teach. Teach your kid. Learning. You expect educators to make the best decisions in the interest of your child because they are the experts in that field. And you trust teachers. You trust principals. You trust them to a point. Sure, you're going to question. You're going to ask questions. You're going to know what your rights are. and You have every, every right to do that. 
and a lot of parents exercise those rights when appropriate, and they absolutely should, and I want to encourage them to continue to do that. Okay? But the reality is, is that parents don't really know all this is going on. They just assume that, well, it's testing time, so we're going to do some tutoring, and we're going to hold kids out of school, and we're going to take recess away from them, and we're going to you know, make them come to tutoring sessions uh, that are mandatory, and we're going to make them sign these contracts, and um, that's all inappropriate too. What I want to encourage parents to do is to, around January to mid, mid to late April, early May of every school year, heighten your awareness around testing. Heighten your awareness around what's going on tutoring and the stress and anxiety that your child might be feeling? Is your, is your son or daughter suddenly a lot more tired? Is your son or daughter suddenly a lot less interested in going to school? Is your son or daughter suddenly just doing a lot of worksheets or a lot of activities that frankly don't seem very fun and interesting and don't even look like learning? It's likely because it's testing season and teachers are having to do the best to prepare students. And so there's groups of students they're not worried about. And there's groups of students that they're kind of worried about. And there's groups of students that they're extremely worried about. And so teachers have had to adjust their instruction to make sure that they've met the needs of those various groups of students. So I wanna encourage parents here, pay a little more attention, ask a few more questions. Find out what's going on. Find out where your, your child rests in one of those groups. But giving up recess or giving up before school, after school tutoring, Saturday school, it's not really something they should have to do to prepare for a test, particularly a test that honestly doesn't really matter too much and is obviously inappropriate, especially on the reading test. So as a taxpayer, you probably wouldn't be a little more interested in the kind of money that schools are spending and the state is spending on testing and testing related materials. It's interesting how you know, these test providers will produce a test, but then they also produce curriculum and workbooks and training materials and guides to go along with it. So they're double dipping. They're making a lot of money off of testing. And so I wanna encourage parents to be a little more involved in the whole testing environment thing. Ask a few more questions and be willing to say no. The expectation should be you teach my child. The state of Texas has a set of standards for every grade level. Teachers should know those standards. There should be curriculum that is built off of those standards that's designed to make sure that students understand the rigors and higher level thinking involved in every content area they're supposed to learn that's appropriate to their grade level. And lastly, you should demand high levels of instruction. Not this low level worksheets that should be coming home, that is not instruction, it's lazy. And parents should be more responsible in asking those questions. I had an incident at a school district that was brought to my attention that was rather frustrating. It was around testing time and um, it was related to science, and, and I'll end on this story. And as the, the story was being told, the, the, the science worksheets that were coming home uh, to prepare for the STAR test, to, to get students uh, involved and, and prepared for this science test, 
Um, at first glance, seemed normal, seemed okay, I guess. Uh, not a fan of worksheets, but according to the person telling the story, uh, it seemed uh, in line with the kind of preparation you would expect for a science test. When you look at the fine print of the worksheet, though, they discovered that the worksheet was produced by Ohio City Schools of Cleveland. And this was being used in Texas. And what it really was, was it was worksheets that were printed off of the internet and handed to students as busy work, all in the name of Star Prep. And what's interesting is, is that of all the parents who were involved in those particular science classrooms, no one said anything. It was only one or two parents who were really curious to ask questions about why are you giving Ohio worksheets to students who go to school in Texas? More parents should be aware. And look, parents, I know you're busy because you, you have traffic and work and responsibilities. And like I said, you send your kids to school because you want them to get an education. You trust what the school is doing. Um, but if something comes home like that, that's a little strange, weird, I encourage you to ask questions. Challenge the school. Talk to them more about really what's going on and what is this star prep about? Because I want parents to understand that you know, the school is the centerpiece of your neighborhood. It is essential, it is important, it is significant. Your involvement in that school is only going to make it better. And so I want to challenge parents to start asking those questions and pushing schools to do better and be better because it's important for our kids. So that's my rant on testing. Um, everyone is complicit in this. There's no one innocent when it comes to standardized testing. Um, from the Texas Education Agency all the way down. Everyone has a role, everyone has a part, but we don't have enough people asking questions. We don't have enough people challenging thought on testing. And I want to end this by saying I'm not against testing. I'm for testing. We talk about assessment in all of our programs here at UNT Dallas. Assessment is important, but assessment should be diagnostic in nature. The purpose of an assessment, whether it's in school or whether you go to your doctor, why does your doctor give you a test? Because he wants to know what's going on. And he wants to be able to make a decision that's in the best interest of your health. So you do a blood test or you do a urine test or you do a scan of any sort of kind. Those are assessments. And those assessments are designed to be diagnostic, to give a doctor information to make the best decision for your health. Education is no different. If I'm going to give a student an assessment, what I want to be able to do is make a decision that's in the best interest of their education. And that assessment should be diagnostic in nature. It should tell me what do I need to know to help this student get to the next level in their education. Star testing, standardized testing, is not diagnostic in nature. It is punitive in nature. It is a test that is given at the end of the year. It is a test that is not designed by a classroom teacher. And it is a test that the results don't come back until the summertime. And schools really can't do much with that, can they? And then if they're not performing the way they should, those schools, are given a rating. They're given a rating of C or F, and those ratings are plastered across newspapers and websites, and suddenly we have failing schools. Based on what? A punitive assessment 
that's two grade levels higher than where it should be, built by someone who probably doesn't even live in Texas. That's what we have in the standardized testing environment. It's wrong, it's inappropriate, and it needs to be reformed. And I want to challenge all educators to speak up about standardized testing and continue to push forward what is appropriate for our schools. And testing's not it. So again, thank you. Thank you for letting me rant today on the Education Today podcast. Uh, you can contact me at educationtodaypodcast.gmail.com. We're still building our social media channels as we, as we broadcast our podcast to all the uh, um, social media channels and other places. And so I want to say thank you again, and we'll hope to see you again next time.